Hey, welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade, founder of Change Today, a diversity consulting firm making sure women, people of color, and underserved communities feel safe and can be their best selves in the workplace. Kade is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So we talk about how people are soldiers of change, personally or professionally. This season, we have great guests sharing their story with you, and I'm so happy that you've decided to come back and share another season with me. Remember to like and subscribe so that you know when all of the new episodes are coming up, and I really appreciate your support. So let's take it away and enjoy this episode. Welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm so excited that the very, very first person I'm interviewing is Lydia T. Blanco. I like to always put the T in there because you have a great name. <laughs> and it's super exciting because I was the first person um, she interviewed on your podcast last year. And it was actually here in my home. So I feel really special about that, especially because you are an NYC, but a Bay Area person. So these are important things. Um, so today we have Lydia T. Blanco. Hi, Lydia. Hi, Akila. Hello, Dr. Janay. <laughs> um, I'm good. I'm like I I mentioned earlier, I'm in my closet. So I'm actually at home because I do love my clothes. <laughs> That's fine. I love your home too. I do. I love that, you know. This is season two of your podcast. And like you mentioned, we kicked off mine right on your couch. Mm-hmm. It was so dope. Obey to bay. Yeah. Yep. Hey. So, Lydia, you are an editor at Black Enterprise. That's one of the many things you do. So, tell us about you and, and who you are. Yes, I am an editor. I always lead with, um, you know, just my journey of being a storyteller, right? Um, yes. I love to uh, describe myself um, by the unique identifiers, you know, which I do things, but I always, you know, shy away from like, oh, I'm an editor here. And that's nothing, you know, nothing towards you. I'm just always like, yeah, I'm a storyteller. Um, I'm a poet. I, I love eating ice cream and <laughs> taking long walks. <laughs> legit, you know, by the water, not on the beach. Um, and I love finding stories in every aspect of life. I'm very conversational. Um, so, you know, it's one of the ways I describe myself. But yes, I am too an editor at Black Enterprise where I focus on entrepreneurship, the business of beauty and technology, education and politics and whatever else comes my way, all things, you know, um, Black diaspora. Yes. I also, yes, ma'am. Um, I also, you know, carry the name of my grandmother proudly, who was born, got it not immigrant. So I love that you said Lydia T. Blanco because I just received a text message from my Theo. It was like, they forgot the T in that last piece you did. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> Why are you monitoring this so closely, right? Um, but I am a lover of family, community, um, and building and telling our stories. You are an excellent storyteller. And that storytelling is one of the reasons why you're successful. You're successful for many reasons. But um, you. you're welcome. It's also evident on the Get My Life Tour podcast host. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> So, as I mentioned, we shot the first episode of the Get My Life Tour on Akila's couch. <laughs> and 
God, it was so liberating. So I started to get my life tour a year ago, but officially went on what I coined to get my life tour three years ago now. I was in a very toxic work environment and I was literally depleting. I felt like my soul was fleeting my my being, my body. And um, I decided that I was just going to, you know, risk it all, take a leap of faith and go on what I coined to get my life tour. At that time, it looked like me getting my finances, my mental health and wellness and, you know, spirit all in alignment Mm -hmm. um, because I realized that I was just existing and passing through places. Um, So I was like, I'm just going on tour. People were like, can I come on tour with you? And I said, "Eh, this is a solo tour. Um, But now it's a podcast, right? It took me a year to really develop the structure for the podcast and vet out who I would want to be on, um, you know, the show with me. Because for me, it's not about celebrity at all. Mm -hmm. It's a house through lifestyle podcast and emphasis on like house through and lifestyle. And, you know, the reason for that is because I don't think enough people pay attention to what black women are saying in our experiences. You know, personally, when we go to the hospitals, people aren't listening to what we're saying is wrong with us. We know our bodies, you know, better than anyone. And our bodies is what informs science and education. Hello, Henrietta Lacks. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't listen to us when we say our workspaces need to be more diverse or look, my microaggressions are showing up in my body and my physical health and my mental, you know, health. So that is why I started to get my life tour. It has been, Oh, nearly a year since the show has been live, Um, but it has been an incredible journey, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited because, you know, it's picked up an audience internationally um, and beyond the platforms that it exists on. When people, you know, engage with me, that's one of the things they bring up. And I'm so proud of that because I'm not someone who is... um, while I'm Greek and went to an HBCU and like all things like pride, I was a cheerleader forever, right? But I'm not <laughs> someone who um, wants to be known for where I work. I want to be known for like what I do and who I am. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what I do is because of who I am. And again, my life tour is reflective of that. So thanks for asking about it. You're welcome. Like, You're a part of it, girl. I it too. honored to be part of it. I was like, oh, shit. I get to be part of this thing because I will never forget the conversation we had. I was in L.A. I happened to be at a gas station in the car driving with my sister. I think my dog was there. I took him for a walk. And I was talking to you about this idea. Like you said, you had been thinking about it for years and um, how you're going to conceptualize it. Um, And so when you hit me back up and was like, hey, be a part of it, I was like, yes. Because I was right at the point where I was really embracing storytelling myself and um, the bonding we had around toxic workplaces was also fantastic. Oh, the, the fact that black women have to bond over that, just like, but that's why <laughs> your podcast, your platform work that you do is so important because we all have to be, you know, change cadets in our lives, no matter what our profession is, what our calling in life is, we have to get out there and champion for change. I love that you said that because 
the question I have for you is, how are you <laughs> a change today? So if we have new <laughs> listeners, <laughs> we have new listeners here. Uh, today is my last name, um, which in French means soldier and um, change today. My company is all about creating soldiers of change. So how are you a soldier of change? You know, I was so inspired uh, by Stanley Nelson's documentary, A Soldier Without Swords. Mm. And that documentary is an ode to Black journalists and storytellers in the diaspora, specifically focusing on, you know, Black storytellers um, in America, pioneers in the industry. And girl, I have been telling stories for as long as I could talk, I was so talkative as a child. I always <laughs> knew what was going on. I tell people about these five to microphones that I had, and I actually still have one just to remind me. But I honestly believe that, you know, I've been called to be a reliable reporter, right? Yep. Um, you know, not in affiliation with an organization, but to really inform our people. You know, when you think about the history of storytelling in griots and um, or if you call them griots in um, you know villages and the way we communicated very uh, oppressed times, I have been through so much. But in learning the power of storytelling, I've been able to communicate what I've been going through and help others do the same, educate and inspire Mm -hmm. um, our community. So, you know, in short, I am um, inspiring change through storytelling. Okay. I like that so much. (laughs) And you said something earlier that connects to that, which is, you know, leading with storytelling and not like the brand or the business or businesses that you work with. It's just having that universal, you know, thread of storytelling and that is incredibly evident with the work that you're doing at Black Enterprise. Are you aware of that? And I know you just came up with something about um, the one-year anniversary of Nipsey Hussle's death. Yes. And that's where they left out the T. In that article, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because none of my bylines are like have the tea. So whenever there are events, I'm always fighting for my name and title to be correct. I don't really care about the title, but just for the sake of accuracy, right? Yeah. Um, but I can't get it on a masthead in a magazine or online. I just be like, you know what? I know who I am. <laughs> and I know what the T stands for. I'm like, we just gonna I'm gonna be Lydia Blanco because I'm her too. That is me. Uh but yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so who was I mean you've interviewed some really incredible people so who has been your favorite so far or top three maybe yeah you know what so I was actually working on my media kit and I was listening to people who I've interviewed just in life and I was like oh my gosh I talked to some really cool and important people yes but by far it is still Master P I was I lost my shit. When you posted that, I believe I texted you as well. I was like, you talked to Master P. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> right? And everyone hit me up and was like, you spoke to Master P. And it's so funny because um, the, a colleague of mine, so Jamil Hill's people reached out to me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, Jamil Hill's coming in. And at the time, this 
publication of Shadow League was up and running. And a friend of mine from who went to A&T was doing all things the Shadow League. And I was like, oh, hey, Kyle, like, you're trying to interview Jamil. He was like, what? Like, what do you mean? How'd you get her? Give us good. And I was like, don't worry about all that. She's not interviewer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people be questioning you. Um, I love you, Kyle, though. But don't question me. So um, he then came back and it was like, you know, Master P is working on this new movie. I got the hookup, too. And he's supposed to be coming. Like, you, you probably don't. I was like, I probably don't. What? I was like, what do you, I was like, do you know me and my sister used to be in our room writing letters to No Limit Records? Mm-hmm. My sister and I legit and a childhood friend would sit around this Radio Shack recorder. Wow. And record commentary over the album. Her her <laughs> radio name was Fuzzy Flipper. She's gonna kill me when she hears this. <laughs> And I don't know what my name was. I'm so glad I cannot remember. <laughs> but she also used to like create paper dolls. Um, it sounds really bad when you hear it this way. But little paper dolls and dressed them up or illustrated them as no limit soldiers. Mm-hmm. And we always thought that Master P was going to respond or at least somebody. No one ever responded. Of course, I asked him. Oh, thank that. you. Well, yeah. No one responded. Yeah. He was like, well, I'm here now. And I was like, respect. But he is just by far my favorite. And I think it's because of those moments when we were so infatuated by, you know, the No Limit Soldier movement, mm-hmm. knowing that he had planted seeds in the Bay Area and had gone on to do so many things, right? So many things. His love for family and generational wealth. Yes. Really caring deeply about people, you know, in the hood and coming back. Yep. So when I sat across from that man, I was trying my hardest not to lose my mind. I was like, Lydia, stop smiling so hard. You probably crazy on him right now. Are you sweating? I'm not sure. Oh my gosh, I think you are sweating. Can you see your sweat? I'm not sure. Is it just under your arms or your forehead too? Don't sweat out your anybody. I had that moment. It was a lot. That, the whole no limit time, it was a period. It was a time period in our right. lives. It was great. Unlike so, so many levels. I was a no limit soldier. I was all about it. They made people want camo in a whole other way. You know? Let me tell you something. I had gray camo short overalls or overall shorts. Wow. And uh, my sister had, I think hers were purple, but hers were full length. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) my childhood friend had a pair too, and we wore them. so I got each one um, grant on his house on Thanksgiving and it was raining and we got to talk about the entire time as we sat on her plastic covered couch. I was like, wow, am I going to wear this again? And I was like, I am because I'm an old woman soldier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You made a, you took a vow. So. Right. It was that, um, were you a rough rider, you know? So. Right. I was, nah, I was a rough rider. I I was I also was a oh rough rider. I, hey, listen, I I believe in transparency and accurate storytelling. Oh my god! I was all about Swiss beats. I was all about it. I was all about it. The whole crew, the camp, I all the words. I I would play the the tape. Yep. Oh my gosh! And my I'm car. Just so glad that you didn't get the uh, the paw. Tattoos. No, no. And unfortunately, a lot of women did either, you know, like yeah. Eve, 
EVE <laughs> or on the hips. Yeah. Or the thigh, thigh, hip. Yep. That's where it was. No, I mean, I grew up in Sacramento, so there was only so much I could take being an no-limit soldier, <laughs> like, <laughs> rough rider in my little polished life that I used to have. But yeah, no, I love Master P. I do. Yeah. Because the business sense, yeah, the business sense that he had um, was ahead of, ahead of the times, really, of how he was thinking about empowering community, putting people on generational wealth. Um, yeah. and I also love how, um, Solange was like, I'm gonna remind all of you okay. that he is a chest of wisdom. I'm going to yes. give you these nuggets. You got to give respect words too. I think we sleep on our people too much. And then when someone comes around and doesn't look like us, um, and perpetrates our movements or our ideas, they're like, Oh, and I'm like, uh-uh, don't do that. Yeah. Master P has been on top of his game. We're not worried about. We're not worried about nobody else. No. I mean, we also had cash money, too, at that time. Yeah, okay, I most definitely was a high girl, too. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was all. I mean, these were really big moments. And the the theme of the, the hustle is real, you know, with all of them. I think Masterpiece, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, like, translated a corporate a little bit faster because right because he learned from like oh we're having this conversation he learned from like um too short about like you know selling your tapes out of your trunk and going from neighborhood to neighborhood so that's why you have the connection between like the south right and the bay because they were doing that whole thing really learning a lot from too short of how to do those types of things to build their wealth um yeah no, and I also just love how Masterpiece, like, you know, if the white guy is trying to buy my shit for, you know, a couple okay. million dollars, and dimes, okay. then he knows he's on to something. So even though that there's like, you know, there's a struggle. I call it a temporary sacrifice because you know where you're trying to go. Like you have that struggle. Um, the outcome yeah. is going to be more fruitful, you know? Exactly. Yeah, we got to keep our eyes on the prize for real because there are people who are paying very close attention to our greatness and when we're at a point where we haven't realized it yet we become very vulnerable mm-hmm. um, so I'm glad that he speaks you know so candidly about that experience because I can only imagine the decisions you know people in the industry have to make but then you know the decisions we have to make I will never forget during that interview he said never do a deal while you're desperate mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I started to think immediately about, like, have I done deals when I'm desperate? <laughs> and I most definitely have. Yep. Um, I think we all can admit to, you know, doing what we needed to do at a time out of need, even if you don't want to call it desperation. Um, but, look, I'm going to get my life tour, and that is, like, ingrained in my brain. I'm like, don't do a deal when you're desperate. Don't do a deal when you're desperate. Um, that right there is a quote. Right? <laughs> yeah, I... So, you know, we're recording this as we are sheltering in place for COVID-19, novel coronavirus, coronavirus, you know, your new best, Rona. Rona's all up in people's shit right, right. now, right? 
stay safe, stay home for sure. But um, that has created a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Um, I am very biased to that when it comes to small business owners. And that is a big, huge pool of people, you know, in general across the world, but even just here in America. So um, a lot of people know, you know, I'm a speaker. I enjoy speaking, but I also enjoy the checks that come from speaking as well. So we are hot topic, hot, sexy word of the day, unprecedented times, right? And so what that (laughs) means is I'm so tired of the word uncertain, unprecedented, wild, crazy, nonstop. But um, we're in a place where people don't. Oh, yeah, I have two. Most of my emails are like, wild times. Hopefully you're staying safe. So where's my money? You know, (laughs) just go into that. But uh, right. But in the place of desperation, I did have moments of that because I was unsure of how this would impact my business. And um, an example of that is with how things are moving to, you know, online stuff or webinars, Uh right? And so a place in which I was supposed to get my full rate came back because they wanted to do a webinar as um, uh, one-fourth of my rate. And I already gave them like a compromise. I'm like, I'll come off, you know, um, a couple thousand from my normally my normal rate to do this. But it was essentially pennies of what I was going to get paid. Now, I'm doing the same work. I have to put the content together, whatever the brand may be, make sure it's custom to the client. And then I still have to talk. I still have to answer questions. You know what I mean? Like, it's still the same amount of work. We're just taking out the the room fee, honestly, the travel time. Um, and that's about it. And so I was like, well, I guess moment of desperation, I should just take it because I don't know. I just don't know. And I'm, I'm going to need the money and I don't want to like have to... Um, reduced time for team members. And so I thought about it and I was like, you know what? You can just wait for me in October or spring 2021 in person to get the full rate because it's just not worth it. Like I don't want to be in a situation where I feel desperate or I feel like I'm forced to Mm -hmm. do something and not be able to be my normal, badass, confident self. Yeah, and that's not fair to you either. I think that we have to really think about what is fair to ourselves in this moment Mm -hmm. and what taking care of ourselves looks like in this moment. And now I am saying this and from an honest space of someone who has not been taking care of themselves the best way over the last month, if not two, quite possibly six, um, (laughs) Just because, okay, it just keeps increasing, right? They're like, right. Maybe two years, yeah. Okay, but that's an important thing, though. Just because you are getting your life, it doesn't mean that you, and you know, are helping people get their life. It doesn't mean that you aren't getting your life too. Because remember, you're living life right if you're always growing and evolving. And I think that's a really unhealthy stereotype for people. Well said. You know. Just really well said. That is a mental note that I'm taking. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
we have to reevaluate the way that we're taking care of ourselves and what we are saying yes to. Yes. And I have to take my own advice on that. Like I said, over the last two, four, six months, I have been going and going and going and going. And I, you know, put myself out there, brand myself the way I have to, um, so that, you know, I can open more doors. Right. Um, but self, I can honestly say has been on the back burner. Like with working remote now, I'm sitting in one spot for hours and I'm like, let me go walk my dog. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I should brew some coffee. Um, (laughs) And should I do X, Y, and Z? And what does this look like? Should I be working more hours to do X, Y, and Z elsewhere? Um, But I say that to say that we need to be fair and it's not fair for you to have to give your all when someone only wants to give you a fraction of what you require, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was also well said, too. And then I had a moment where I was like, oh, I said something almost as poignant as Master P, and then I felt really good. <laughs> so. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he, that's how he can get you, okay? Mm-hmm. Master P is the same, okay? It's going to make me say, uh. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you said something also, or you, you're dropping a lot of gems yourself, um, talking about, you know, health and also Black women. And being transparent about the fact that you haven't done the best job in the past, you know, month-ish, right, of that mm-hmm. time frame. I am someone like that too. So I'll sit here and executive coach you, but I'm dealing with my, you know, chronic heart stuff. And um, I've been walking around with a cane for four months. I've seen your your dad's little cane. It's pretty fun. Thank you, MF Boss. It's it was it's fun because when I you know was walking with it, people are just confused because again I look healthy, and then they see a cane, and then they make a face because they realize who the fuck I am, which is an MF Boss because it's bedazzled. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's you know, wonderful. Oh, I feel like we keep going. Okay, so number one, we're feeding off each other's energy right now right yes um aesthetic matters transparency matters as much as if not more than aesthetic Mm -hmm. right I often have not an internal battle but I really sit with what it is I'm putting out there Mm-hmm. into the universe, right, and on social media. Right. Um, as I put myself out there and what I hope is my best foot, right? So I have to get my life tour, which I'm publishing, you know, consistently about on Mondays and with Love Lydia Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, um, and then, you know, content in between. But it's so important for us to have these conversations and say, like, look, I haven't been doing the best job or you know, have the conversation with someone private because you are beautiful. I'm talking about you. You are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, right back your at style you. is, you know, impeccable. <laughs> and you look healthy because you care about being healthy even when you're not feeling your best, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's a fine line between the aesthetic and putting on that air or that mask, right? right. I'm so tired about that mask. Oh, gosh, it's mm-hmm. this mess now. But um, 
it's, it's just like this healthy line. So it's so important for us to have these conversations, conversations excuse me, especially as Black women. Because mm-hmm. um, we struggle with I got it or I got it syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, we struggle with being okay. And okay is not a feeling. Okay is not, although I did just, I did just write an article entitled, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. <laughs> it is. It's okay to not be okay, but look, okay is not a feeling. And I got that from um, a, a licensed clinical social worker who I spoke with recently. She's been making sure that her team is okay as they do the mental health work. Um, and she said, look, when you ask somebody how they're doing and they say, I'm okay, challenge them. Say, okay, it's not a feeling. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay is a, a closed-in statement. Um, that was a really, you know, long way of agreeing with you. But No, it's not a long know, way at all. Something. We are here to talk <laughs> and talk about energy. I think that's really, really powerful because, um, and thank you for the kind things that you said. I 100% live my life in truth. And I'm aware that that is not obtainable for some people for a multitude of issues, a multitude of issues. So even though I may look very cute, um, there's a high probability that I'm very cute in pain, but I'm learning how I've learned how to live in pain. But also, if I'm not feeling well, you may see on my stories or Instagram, you know, that I'm not feeling well. So, um, but I understand the the conflict that's there because when I first realized that my heart thing wasn't going to be something cute and it was going to be a forever thing, you know, not like, oh, I had this infection and, it's, you know, I made it to this is the rest of my life. I had to decide when I was going to you know, be my authentic self because I'm sitting here talking to you, but you don't know that I'm currently having a spasm or whatever the thing is. So when I was like, oh, you aren't being your true authentic self. You aren't telling people the truth of what you're going through. And I had to check myself uh, through that and I had to work myself through the fear. It actually was a lot better than how I felt before of not being, you know, my true authentic self, right? So- yeah. Back to me in this cane. My orthopedist was like, hey, you need to sit the fuck down um, as soon as as soon as possible. I hope they said it just like that. Uh, he, <laughs> he did tell me to sit my ass down. And so I was like, cool. I'm available. This is in, in, in January. I was like, I'm available to do that in April. And he looked at me and was like, what? I said, listen, I have to make it through Black History Month. And I have to make it through Women's History Month. These are big months for me. They determine quarter three and quarter four business. These are important. And I'm a black woman. So I got to do my work. But after that, I'll be able to sit down. But I promise you, when I travel, I'll use a wheelchair at the airport. I'll use my cane. I'll use my numbing cream. I'll ice. I'll be in physical therapy. So I did those things. And I was truthful. I wasn't going to say like, yes, okay, I will. And then set myself up for failure or not have realistic expectations for myself or for my physician. I wasn't going to do that. But you know what happened? Rona. Rona said, sit your ass down. I said, okay. I did. I said, okay. No no problem. I will happily do that. And so now, even though I'm at home, I still have pain in my ankle and my leg. But it's nowhere near as bad as it was. And now I'll be able to actually, like, hopefully recover 
fully from this. Um, but that leads to the other thing. Okay is an interesting word. So sometimes when I do not feel like explaining how I feel, <laughs> I will tell you right now, I'll be like, I'm okay. So now I get a lot of check. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Because I had to, to isolate sooner because of my heart. How are you doing? How do you feel? I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> right? And I'll put that, you know, down. And I noticed I was doing that. So it's like, you know, it's stressful. So I'm monitoring my stress to manage my heart symptoms. So I'll, I'll be a little bit more transparent. But a lot of it is because I wasn't ready to talk about it because I had an insane amount of fear of going to the emergency room. Right? That's real. So, because I already go to the emergency room on a good day. So I don't want to go to the emergency room now. And so I had to process those feelings. So okay was the most realistic thing I could say at that time for someone to know that I was not my best. But I also didn't have suicidal ideation. (laughs) And, you know, I wasn't in a dark place. So okay made sense. So I feel that you are absolutely right. And yet there are these nuances there of knowing, you know, when you feel comfortable about talking about something. Mm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... I'm a definitely, no, um, I agree with that. <laughs> we, we have to make sure that we are managing our energy and everything else that we have to manage, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it 100%. So much to manage. But I do, I do love, like, my article's being edited right now. So I do love that okay is not a feeling. I may have to, may have to do some updates and be like, Editor Lydia T. Blanco told me that okay is a feeling. <laughs> Look, I when I read that, um, and the woman's name is Tanya Depot. She's based in Philly. When I read that, I was just like, oh my gosh. And I asked my mom, I said, how are you, mommy? And she was like, I'm okay. And I was like, okay, it's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you feeling today? And she did the thing like, yeah. And I was like, you can process. I'll come back. You know, yeah, but I think time to not be okay. To not be okay, but okay is not a feeling. Is actually it's incredibly powerful. But I do believe uh, is a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ooh, I don't know where to start. I've been through it. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. These people, yes. you know, or whatever that cycle right. may be. You know, these people are so appropriate. I have a bad habit of saying like these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I say it. And sometimes it's these bitches. These bitches. And I I feel comfortable using the word bitch because I'm a bad bitch. And I'm very proud of that. I think it's a very beautiful word. But yes. I think people knows what, you know, what these bitches mean. <laughs> right. I just, I got to I got to. I, mm, I feel it's appropriate. I think there's always times. Cause, you know, <laughs> I'm just all right. Well, you know, just in in, all, in the spirit of full transparency. Um, okay, I have a very important question for you. Okay. Um, what is your favorite ice cream? Oh, girl, I love well, there's, ice cream. There's multiple. Yes, okay. I love ice cream. You know, I try not to eat ice cream every day. Mm-hmm. That's just bad. I'm trying to be like Angela Bassett at 60. Um, but, you know, I love Rocky Road ice cream. 
would shave almonds preferably. I I love chocolate ice cream with cracked salt Ooh. and olive oil. Oh wait, hold, wait. no wait, hold on. Okay, you got me with the almonds, but now I'm confused in an excited way. <laughs> so chocolate, like rock salt. Yes. So you gotta have sea salt, crack that joint yeah. on top of some chocolate ice cream with olive oil, right? Put it back in the freezer so that it, I don't know if oil can truly solidify, I'm not a scientist, right? But it does some freezy thingy, okay? And then you take it out the freezer and you just drop some raspberries or a berry of your choice. When I tell you to change your life, girl, and trust me, I'm an ice cream connoisseur. I used to work at Cold Stones in high school. Well, cold sounds not the best, but um, I will say. But in high school, it was though. It was. I was late. I was late. Yeah. It was a big. It was a big deal because like it was a, you was, weren't going was, to Baskin Robbins. You went to Coldstone. Like you, it was a you person on a marble slab putting together. What was mine? What was mine? Ooh, it was either the uh, the chanteau, like the the strawberry and cream one. Oh, strawberry rendezvous. There we go. Well, the fact that I still know the song. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, sweet cream. Cream, ice cream, mm-hmm. strawberries, white chocolate chips, and graham crackers. So the graham crackers go inside of the strawberry rendezvous. But my ice cream, that's oh. the chocolate with the olive oil. But I feel like if you put olive oil on, on any ice cream, it just gives it this really rich, creamy um, flavor. But I'm, I'm like really into ice cream. I like vegan ice cream. I like um, ice cream from salt and straw. I don't think I've had salt and straw. I know um, of them. I know. I'm sorry. It's so bougie and good. I love ritzy ice cream. Like I will spend ten dollars on a cone, which is frivolous, but. When you think about how good the experience, I'm buying the experience, not the ice cream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm just as fine as this, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning something new about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm fascinated about an olive oil drizzle even on ice cream. You gotta try it. I know. I'll think about it in my next like grocery store delivery list or well, whatever. Well, if you do that, I will come over and quarantine and chill, which is, I promise you, I'm healthy. Quarantine and chill. So how's that going for you with your dating life? <laughs> is this on the podcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give people an update. Uh, nothing. Right. Um, I played the fifth and quarantining with my family for the last two weeks has been great. I'm excited to be back home. I made it um, out of New York literally the night before JFK closed. <gasps> I flew out of JFK on Friday at 7.30. We ended up leaving closer to 9 p.m. and got to San Francisco at one something in the morning. Me and Oatmeal. Oatmeal is my, my dog. Very and cute dog. I woke up super late because I was so drained from traveling, especially with oatmeal cross country. And I got a text message from a close friend at 10 a.m. saying the JFK closed. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to my gut. I, I really felt like it was time for me to just come home. I've been yeah. putting out a universe that I want to be by coastal and I'm not sure how it's going to happen right. and what's going to really happen. It's happening um, now. Me, you know, transition, <laughs> okay, transitioning and pivoting and thinking about what it is that I want to do ultimately and working towards that goal. And, you know, God was like, go. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you sure? <laughs> you know, you know, very intimate details, you know, mm-hmm. about my journey. Um, and, when he said go, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I packed what I could in my my suitcase, grabbed oatmeal. I bought a ticket Thursday night around 8.30 p.m. Um, was it like $25? It was uh, $149 one way. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And dropping an email to, you know, some people at work. And bought the ticket and then I was awaiting a response but I knew I had to go regardless of what the response was right I'm following the direction of the most high not of man right and I got home and the airport was closed and I just I didn't want to be in New York girl I was like I do not want to be here by myself on the sixth floor of my apartment mm-hmm. with oatmeal quarantining with my family so far away and I made that decision and it was really divine timing like I'm so glad that I heeded to that word because mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being in New York right now. Um, I was reading what are there over 86,000 cases confirmed um, of the virus in New York. But just in addition to that, like it was time. I needed to come home and take a deep breath, right? Even yeah. if it is in the household, um, I needed to be still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are ways that I'm, you know, figuring out what will work for me in this time of transition globally, right? Um, I was listening to Sarah Jake Roberts and I love her. And she was saying that this moment is really going to show us what people are made of. Mm-hmm. People are going to be either creating or they're going to be living in a place of fear and won't be able to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could only imagine what my mental state would have been like if I was sheltered in in New York mm-hmm. um, for a longer period of time than I already was. Um, oh, yeah. And even yeah. just like, you know, taking oatmeal out for a walk or even having to use a whole bunch of pee pads or whatever the thing may have been, um, right. you have you have more space to do that now. Being awesome. here and California is doing all that they can to not get to a New York date. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that you're here and I'm social. I mean, I'm social distancing and I'm solo sheltering in place and it's not fun. Like there are perks. So I'm not indeed. Eat ice cream with you. I, so I'm working on so that because just, it's we a, can't eat ice cream on FaceTime. Look at me. We can't I'm eat. We can't, we can't, we can't, we will for sure do that. <laughs> I bought some ice cream before we had to like shelter in place for apparently this very reason. But now I'm like, does it go with olive oil? That's where my head is. I'm really focused on that. <laughs> but um, just say yes. We, yes, we'll t- yes, we should just say yes. I feel like it's like a, I think it's a, it's either a vanilla chocolate almond or chocolate with almond. I don't remember. It was. Girl, yes, that works. I know. I'm, I know. Yes, you said yes. Um, <laughs> But I, the solo part, there's pros and cons to it. So pros, 
I can do whatever I want. I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to wait to use the restroom or like find a place to like have space. But the downside is the human connection component. So my life right now is pretty much just a lot of, you know, video interactions. Um, Twice a day, my sister takes me for a walk because she has our dog. You know, we share our dog. And I dropped him off in February because I had to do a talk there and I wasn't supposed to be walking. See, I made an improvement. So I was like, okay, let's do the dog exchange a little bit earlier so I don't have to go outside all the time um, and walk him all the time. And so she takes me for walks twice a day and she like puts the camera on the dog. So I feel like I'm outside. (laughs) Wow, that's love. It's love. That's love. And I mean, it's twin, twin life, but it's like legit the highlight of my day. You know what I have to say? Because I spend so much time by myself. If I'm not like on the move, working, interviewing people, trying to get a story, I really spend a lot of my time um, by myself because, you know, New York is so large and people's schedules are so different, right? Yeah. Um, And spending time by myself wasn't my fear. I think it was more so the condition. So I hear you. Mm -hmm. Um, What I will say is that this time is highlighting how how deep our connections are with people. Yeah, I think it's dope that people are looking to build their audience on these platforms and everybody wants to go live and Zoom. Oh my God, there's so many lives and so many Everything Zooms. Else, right in between. Um, but I was having a conversation with a sorority sister of mine and I was telling her, I was like, we really need to be focused on how deep our connections are. Mm-hmm. If these platforms decide tomorrow, we ain't doing this no more. Or your account accidentally gets deleted and you can't recover it. You know, what is it that you are going to do? How many in real life connections do you have during this moment of social distancing, right? Um, And not just from a business perspective, right? But for our need to be connected to one another. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has you know, contacts in their phone. I'm laughing, this is horrible. But some people have contacts in their phone. They would never FaceTime that person. No. Right? So while, you know, it's hard being on your own, there are people who don't have anyone else they can reach out to. And I encourage people during this time, look, build your offline connections. Like how many Mm -hmm. phone numbers do you really have for people who you're connected to with on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook? But also, it's a good time to slide into people's DMs, though. I'm always a fan of sliding into people's DMs anyway. But just to have a connection with someone, to get to know them, um, chat. I do think lives is another good way to do that as well. Because some people are are looking to invite people into a conversation because they may be by themselves or just wanting to connect with their audience in a way that they they can't. Um, But the one thing that I was not expecting was... I, I also enjoy my alone time. I've had 21 days of alone time, but I am, I realize that my alone time is much more appreciated when I have the harmony with the other side. So the talks and the travel and the other things. Now I'm like, my fucking couch is going to be there every day when I wake up, you know, it's not like, oh, I can't wait to go sleep in my own bed or I can't wait to just catch up on something on TV or whatever. Um, And so I'm in a a place of appreciation of, I appreciate everything that I have, but I think it's like a new level 
of appreciation. And then the other side is I am going back and forth between bringing people into my home just because I am the person who has a higher risk of, you know, not doing well. Some person, every spot um, they've been in, which is a real concern. What was it? I was watching uh, Yanma's wellness talk with Essence yesterday, and mm-hmm. she was like, Girl, just enjoy being, you know, in a house with your bra, um, organize your spice rack. <laughs> and she said a number of things, and I was like, It's so true. I mean, and I, I do need to organize this day. closet. But I don't wear bras anyway. So after, once I started having heart problems, I couldn't wear a bra anymore because it hurt too much. So anything that was underwire, I couldn't do. So I've been comfortable bra for, it'll be three years this summer. Um, but then I'm also, I also work from home. So it's not weird for me to work from home. So I'm like, well, I guess I won't work in my office. I'll work at my dining room table. <laughs> so like, and like a spirit of solidarity. Yeah. I tell people all the time, occupy your space differently. Yeah. I'm in my apartment in New York. I'm sitting at a table. I'm on the couch. I'm on the floor. I'm in my room. I'm in the other room. I stand in the kitchen. You got to occupy space. I think we have to occupy space in our brains and our bodies differently as well. And this moment is teaching us to be still and just reevaluate our value systems. Um, for me, being back home is different. It's, you know, I come home and I'm here a week, a few days or whatever. And I'm like, okay, week two. I'm like, okay. Uh, oh, I haven't been here for two weeks and I don't know how long. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I just naturally. My life tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you, because you had a decent uh, winter break as an adult. You know, it was, it was closer to like a college winter break um, last yeah. year. You're out here for a couple of weeks. Was I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because that was the, but, um, the the window of time I had to set up an interview with you was um, like yes. two weeks. Yeah. It was a minimum of two weeks. And I was like, ooh, look at you. Because it's so, we don't have those types of like school breaks, you know, no, we don't. anymore. Sure. So this is. That, that needs to be in a stimulus package, okay? Oh, well, I'm not getting anything from the stimulus package. So. We probably all aren't. No. <laughs> no, I know. There's a, yeah, the article that came out today in the Washington Post yeah. that was like, this is a long list of all the people who are not getting anything. Right. People who child support, blah, 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 blah. Hey, so, I know. Yeah. I know. So much going on. So, so much is going on. But you know, um, what we do know is going on is that Master P was the favorite person that you ever interviewed. Olive oil, yes. sea salt, rock salt, or sea, uh, just a flaky salt, maybe a Himalayan salt. I don't know if you've gone there. Some type of berry. I've gone Himalayan, but not on ice cream. Not a, oh, okay. Woof. That, hey, that is where you draw the line. Um, wait, but what I don't think I received clarity around is what was your favorite ice cream at, at Cold Stone when you worked there? When I worked at Cold Stone, what was my favorite ice cream? Yeah, what was I your combo? I was trying to make a Rocky Road, or I would do um, chocolate ice cream with half a brownie and raspberries. What? And I'm very particular. I don't like anything soggy. I hate soggy cereal. Soggy cereal will make me want to fight you. Um, that and soggy bread. So I would, 
make sure that the brownie was firm. I know it's bad. Um, I would make sure that the, the, what is it, the brownie was firm enough, and I would be very particular about how I would mince and mix yeah. the, the ingredients. So the I want to still see them. I don't like really granular. I'm so odd. But yeah, that was my choice. I love it. The birthday cake one was the other one I liked. I oh, the birthday cake remix. Yeah. yeah. Cake batter, ice cream, chocolate fudge, sprinkles, and brownies. I am so programmed. Yeah, and this is why I was very proud of my decision at the ripe old age of 15, where I was like, I'm never working at a food place because I knew it would like mess up my life. Because prior to 15, when I was like 12, I'm like, oh, I would love to work at Taco Bell. But I was like, no, don't do that to yourself. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, fast food was never thing. Ice cream, I saw that job listing and I was there. It was right by the movie theater. I could walk to work. And they were paying, I think, like $8 an hour. So I'll like, oh, there. And they worked with my cheerleading and softball schedule. Okay. And my scholarship schedule. So I was yeah. there. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> Look yeah. at you now. Look at me. Look at me now. Waiting for a man to buy me ice cream. Um, you I know, I I am excited for the day where this man buys you ice cream and he knows it's not like he's going to bring you ice cream when he feels that he did something wrong or actually does something wrong. He's going to bring you ice cream because you deserve it. That's right. Nope. Shout out to whoever he is. Yeah. Also, if anyone's listening, um, if you are single and willing to take all your clothes off at the door and take a shower and sanitize yourself and want to sit on the couch with me or maybe just like lift stuff half naked, my laundry's in the basement. If you want to, if you want to come and do that, I'm available for that. So. <laughs> my head is in my hand. <laughs> in the universe. So with that said, what is the thing that you want to achieve in 2020-ish? Because we know 2020 is pretty much canceled, but. Hey, so like, well, if we get 2020 back, I got some things I have planned. Um, you know, honestly, it is time for me to tell stories the way I've always dreamt of telling them, even though I'm able to do some of that now. Um, in 2014, I launched Sincere Visions, and it was a brainchild of mine. You know, all about media literacy, storytelling, and now, like, this arm of public interest technology. And that is what I am putting, you know, myself into right putting my my work into right now rebuilding that and taking it seriously i think time now is the time excuse me yeah i remember launching it on 12 13 14 and i was so intentional about that because I, I you know i have this thing for numerology and those numbers meant something to me and now i'm just like i think it's time for a resurgence like if not now when i'm um, excited so, yeah. about that I want you to know that I noticed <laughs> that you edited back into your bio for your Instagram. Somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, let me just update this. I think I that's had great. to restructure that. I was like, let me put the priorities at the top, but it's very intentional. 
oh, that's what you did. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. It's almost like you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> journalism we call that bearing the lead okay oh yay oh i i don't know any of that i'm just like i'm working with someone right now who's editing my my articles like i'm trying to my thing i'm trying to do is write more and i'm working to get a book deal that's my thing and so this guy he's like you 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 write conversationally i said yes that is that is how i'm going to write you're going to get some sarcasm in there. You're going to get some parentheses. You're going to be, you're going to get a duh, maybe every once in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is, that is who I am. So, um, how are you celebrating the little ones? Oh, I like this question a lot. I am celebrating the little wins. By giving myself compliments, I, oh my goodness, I'm yes. a cheerleader for everyone else. And it's not something that I do from a place of insecurity. I genuinely want to see other people win. And when they do, I'm like, yes, oh my gosh. Like, let me throw you a party. Um, people are literally like, please do not throw me a party. <laughs> and I'm like, no, because we need to throw you a party. Your birthday, we got, and I'm like, ah. right? But I really have to like big, big myself up, right? And give myself compliments. Um, say like, you did that. Like, wow. Uh, sometimes that's me in the mirror or having one-off conversations with myself and just living in the small wins. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people put too much emphasis on the word small, but the word win is the unique modifier. So being present when those small wins happen mm-hmm. are big wins from Let them know. Let them know. Seriously. I mean, you know, I talk about that all the time. People are so focused on these big wins. And the big wins don't happen all the time. Exactly. The small wins happen every single day. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, do. now I think... If anything, what people can learn as they're staying home, sheltering in place is figuring out how to celebrate themselves. So when they're going back into whatever the new world would be like and the new workplace would be like, they're able to really appreciate what they have and can celebrate it, you know? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I like that. I also want to publicly compliment your very cute haircut. I think. Thank you, girl. Look, it ain't all the way cold for all of those who are listening right now because we're sheltering in place, but I appreciate that. This is Um, also a thing. It requires a lot of energy to look like somebody nowadays. It's only been two weeks where I see everybody looking beat on the ground. I'm like, oh, that ain't me. My twin um, wears full outfits every day. Every day for work at home, she wears a full outfit. And I'm just like, wow, those are jeans. How does that feel? What is that like? You know? <laughs> you know, depending on type, some people are, you know, will say that it increases productivity um, and promotes, you know, I guess a healthy workplace in the remote place. Um, so I get it. It's, that's just not my life right now. But, you know, I had to cut my hair. I was like, 
didn't have to, but I made the decision to just start fresh. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, what's the life moment? And I was just like, uh, I just want a fresh start. I want a, you know, a different relationship with my hair. And all right, I have a good one. I love beauty. I have too many beauty products, but I just was like, it's time. And I was like, I want to make a very intentional decision about the length, the color, the mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. and, you know, let people know I'm in a room. So that's what that was about. I love it. And I love that you did it for yourself. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What Drake say? I forgot, but it was something about doing it for yourself. <laughs> Drake. Aubrey Graham says a lot of things. Right. He does. He does. Well, um, let everyone know how they can find you. Sure. I am at Lydia T. Blanco on all social platforms. And if you want to follow or join me, rather yet, on the Get My Life Tour, follow at the Get My Life Tour on social platforms as well. And since we brought up Sincere Visions... You can, you know, you know, tap in with me, see what's going on with Sincere Visions. Um, all of, um, I guess, my digital property tab website. So LydiaTBlanco.com, TheGetMyLifeTour.com, and SincereVisions.com. I sound like a walking and talking um, conglomerate, but we just all you. No, let's too. let's just say you sound like an <laughs> empire. <laughs> I will say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that's how you can stay connected with me. Please reach out. I am really responsive and conversational. I am not a public figure who has like an assistant. The assistant has an assistant. Um, so I'd love to connect with you. And you should. Like Lydia is a wonderful person to have in your life and know, and a wealth of, of resources. I would be remiss if I didn't say that people should, you know, also look up um, all the articles you've written over time because you provided some oh, great content um, written and, you know, in-person interviews with um, awesome Black people like yourself. One last thing. As we have spoken so candidly about our experiences during this COVID-19 crisis, I am really excited um, about a piece that I've recently written um, and will publish, of course, with Dr. Kismikia Corbett, who is the scientific lead for the coronavirus vaccine. Um, so it's a timely peg, you know, for this conversation. But I really hope that people see her and are inspired, right? But also truly listen to what she is saying. Her feature isn't so much about the vaccine itself but about her journey of course she talks about science and what her experience has been like in the lab but I really hope that she inspires change right as she is a soldier in the lab um and that we begin to listen differently because she has insight that a lot of us okay do not have when it comes to this crisis um and I, I really hope that she helps those who read and tune in to the piece understand that we can't live in a place of fear right yeah. now as with as much uncertainty as there is and as natural as that may seem right now, especially with as much has been sensationalized in the media. 
Um, so I just wanted to give that, you know, to you. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you for that gift. I will be tuned in. I will promote I will do whatever you want me to do (laughs) because that is an important moment in time period, but also really for, um, a lot of the black health nerds like me, (laughs) you know, um, addressing something that, you know, it's it's literally worldwide. So I'm excited. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for chatting with me today and just dropping the gems per usual and spending time with my solo isolated self. <laughs> I've enjoyed it. Oh, oh my, my goodness. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We, we've manifested this moment. Yeah, we have on so many levels. And we haven't even really fully started with all the things, but I'm excited for those things too. So, yeah. Um, I have one request for you. Are you able, hopefully you'll be able to oblige, which is keep being amazing. You know, I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming in and um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Change Today podcast. You can learn more at changekaday.com that's the word change and kaday like cadet c-a-d-e-t or follow change kaday or at change kaday podcast remember to like subscribe comment and share i'm a black business y'all and i appreciate it thanks for listening